Girl, everyone knows that story. Hello, I'm Sarah. And I'm Amanda. And welcome to the Women of Star Wars podcast. The Star Wars fan cast where we take a deep dive and feminist look at the female creators, contributors, and characters of the Star Wars universe. Uh, Hello there, I'm Sarah. Hi, I'm Dr. Amanda Quintero. And welcome to the Women of Star Wars podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the women responsible for bringing Captain Phasma to life on the screen and on the page. Amanda will be covering the women of the screen, which is really just one woman. And I'll be discussing the women of the written work, which is also just one woman. And I'll touch a little bit on the book uh, Phasma, which is perfect for this spooky season because... Yeah, uh, Phasma's frankly quite, quite terrifying. Um, okay, but it has been two weeks since we last recorded, Amanda. Yeah, I'm having, I miss you, Sarah. I miss, I miss you, so too. Good. Like, and I, Tuesday night, I don't know what to do with myself. Well, I know. Well, no, Loki comes out on Thursday night. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Tuesday. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to figure out something else to fill that hole because I've, I'm experiencing a void in my life as well. Yeah. Um, but what else have you been up to? Have you done anything interesting the last two weeks? No, I had like the flu and COVID shot at the same. I did them both on Monday. And so uh, this week I was just feeling really gross, you know? Ugh. Yeah. Well, and then on the weekend, my little one was sick. So it, like the last two weeks have been just in the trenches of parenthood and life. But, a lot of health. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, I'm glad you got vaccinated. Stuff. Yeah, I'm totally vaccinated. And- so how have you been the last two weeks? I've been okay, busy. I'm just looking at the name. Uh, on Friday the 13th, I took the day off work. Oh, yeah, that's right. We had a Friday the 13th in October. I know. And I crossed this item off my bucket list. It, oh, cool. it was on my bucket list to get a... Friday the 13th. That's a the thing. They're like, what yeah. are they, $13? Uh, no, they're not. They're, they used to be. They used to be. Now, because it's kind of like a thing, um, shops charge a lot more. Mine okay. was 100 Oh, but it dang, was a that's... this cute little like flash art piece. I got it done at the Moth really and Dagger cute, tattoo parlor, and I'm just looking up you the name recommend of the artist. It? Recommend I do place. recommend it. It was a really, really, really positive experience. And the artist who did my piece is Yushina Tattoo. I think is I don't actually know their name. I'll put their their Instagram profile in what's, the show notes. What's the deal with the Friday the Thirteenth tattoo? I have no idea what the history of it is. It's just sort of a thing that happens. I don't know the history of the Friday the 13th tattoo, but... We should look... I'll, I'll look it up. I'll look it up and next time I'll find out. Yeah, I'd I'll love to know. you guys. But I love yeah. it. So it was, it's was. it been on my bucket list for a long time to like get one in October and have my first one be in October. So first flash art piece, first Friday the 13th tattoo. Wonderful experience. It was experience. A spooky. It was appropriate for Friday the 13th. It wasn't a Star Wars one, which is what I thought you would, would have done. Yes, no, it was so, very much a fright. It was a little, it's a little, Sarah. a little ghost given the middle finger. Very it's adorable on my upper thigh. Cute. So cute. cute. So cute. Um, and she's got a lot of other cute pieces that I'll probably go back for, you know, okay. when I, right. when and if I ever get money. That's a tough- so today's episode is about the character Captain Phasma and the women who have brought her to life both on the screen and on the page. Um, we're going to talk about Gwendolyn Christie, and then I'm going to talk about Delilah S. Dawson very briefly. The and author then, who wrote about her. 
Yes. And then we are going to... A little bit about Kathleen Kennedy, who, thanks to her, we have that costume for Phasma. Yes. And then we're going to talk um, about our beloved princess and general, oh, Leia Organa. Yeah. Today we are recording on October 21st. It yeah. is it is Delilah Dawson's birthday, in addition to being Carrie Fisher's birthday. Happy birthday, Carrie Fisher. So Amanda and I will be talking about some of our favorite Princess Leia moments, as well as some of our favorite Carrie Fisher moments. So, Princess. All right. Okay. So let's do this. Amanda. So first of all, let me just say this, Sarah. We so why are we going to talk about phasma? This was a pre-selected topic, mm-hmm. and when I so my angle was I'm going to go find something interesting about Gwendolyn Christie, and of course you can anywhere right now because everything is Jada Pickett Smith. You know, you're getting waterboarded with her tea. Yeah. But, so can you just before we get started on Gwendolyn Christie, what is going on with Jada Pickett Smith? Because my head is in the sand about this. And- she wrote a book. She wrote a book called Worthy, which is a beautiful name for she's had a phenomenal story, a phenomenal life. Mm-hmm. But like the way I think it's because they've organized so much press around it. She's everywhere. And it's all these facts. And no one's asking. And I think it's also because all the actors are on strike right now. There's not a lot of content on social media. So, like, I think publishers are super thirsty. And she's got a really great story. Like, this is a movie that you, you would go to and be like, dang this woman has lived and she's come out of it a wonderful person but it's really annoying to watch <laughs> like that's all i you know like yeah. i want to lift her up but i'm like well no i think one's I, asking i didn't ask no one's looking and it's just constant jada yeah and but i think i think you bring a really good point though about it being more like the media focusing on oh, it yeah. oh, because yeah. of rather than like anything she might actually be doing because if this like yeah, on Instagram this morning, they had this, um, I think it was People, and they said, Meryl Streep's been separated for six years. Like, no one asked for that information. Yeah, like, who cares? I don't want to know that she has had a struggle for six years. I My heart goes out to her, but, you know, we're just seeing that. Now we're talking about that Hollywood is a is a bunch of BS. We've all known that. Yeah. Like, it's a very slow news cycle. Yeah. So anyways, it's just kind of weird because not any, nothing good is really covered. Actors aren't able to promote their work. So mm-hmm. now they're talking about their personal lives, which I don't want to know. I want to know about their work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it's, so anyway, it, that's that. That's that's my five minute talk about Jada Pinkett Smith, who <laughs> I support. Because because she's she's an amazing woman. She is. And she's she gorgeous. She has done some amazing things. I really like the red table talks. I think you know when that when that first came around, I thought that was so incredibly innovative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now it's gotten a little too sensationalized for me. You know, as yeah. the seasons have gone on, as as really any talk show does. Yeah. You know, Jerry Springer didn't start off needing bouncers on his set, but oh my god. By the end, they were their own celebrities. So, anyways, um, we've gone down anyways. this rabbit hole. So, I <laughs> when we started talking about Phasma, it was because Sarah had a friend that recommended that, and we said okay. And now it's just Sarah and I doing it. And so when I looked up Phasma, I didn't find a lot of interesting stuff about her. Like, so when I see Phasma, I see Brienne of Tarth from Game of Thrones wearing Phasma because she's essentially almost, you know, she's got the stature, but completely different characters, right? But that's that's I guess why, I, that's the I connection didn't, for me. I don't know 
I never watched Game of Thrones. Well, I also like wasn't it. interested. I'm still not interested in watching Game of Thrones because like when it came out, I didn't have access to HBO. Mm-hmm. And then like as the seasons went on, the internet lost its mind several times about the sexual mm-hmm. violence in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was super violent. And I'm like, uh, I'm good. I don't think yeah. I want to watch that. And then I thought, well, maybe that stuff happens in the later seasons and like maybe the story is really interesting. And I remember watching the first episode and in the first episode, there's this creepy guy who tells his sister that he would let in and he's like, I would let, I would lay you down and let an entire army yeah. rape you if it meant we could go home. And I was like, I'm out. I'm not even going to know. That's bad with how siblings treat each other. You should have waited till the very end. Oh yeah. No, I'm okay. It got way worse with you know, the sibling. Yeah, the, the, what happens physically amongst siblings? Uh, no, I'm okay. I'm Ooh. good. Don't want to. Don't want to. You know, yeah. time is the one resource you can't make more of, and I didn't want to spend it watching that. So well, I just never anyways, watched it. So anyways, Gwendolyn Christie, she's British. She's no okay. good playing Brienne of Tarth in Game of Thrones. She was born October 28th, 1978, in Worthing, England, and so her career took off. She's six three. So she's got this. She's tall, super tall. Wow, and she's very pretty. And the character of Brianna Tarth was super interesting, uh, and what that character went through, and like she stood for honor, she stood for doing the right thing, and she kind of partners up with one of the characters in Game of Thrones that's not really a great guy. And then you watch his character turn into a good person, possibly by the catalyst of knowing Brienne of Tarth. So she like is a beloved character in the Game of Thrones role, is what I'm saying. She won an Emmy Award or she was Emmy nominated. Uh and so then, you know, now she's then she becomes on to Star Wars as Captain Phasma. And I haven't read any of the books. I just saw her in the movie. She's only in mm-hmm. it for what, six minutes out of both of the movies. Yeah. Not a lot of scenes where she's doing anything. I don't find her as scary as you because I don't have the context of the books. So mm-hmm. she's like very one-dimensional. The The costume's awesome, which, of course, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But there's really not a lot there. Like She's a beautiful, wonderful person. Um, Gwendolyn Christie, Captain Phasma is a villain. But like... In the movies, she doesn't say a lot. She doesn't do a lot. And the story behind the suit is that it was actually Kylo. It was designed for Kylo Ren. And what I read was that some of the effects were with lightsaber and the things would be hard to show because Phasma's armor suit is reflective. It's Mm -hmm. like a mirror. And so when I thought about that, I was like, well, that makes sense. So apparently... The suit got thrown out as an idea uh, left over from Kylo Ren. They're not going to use it. And then Kathleen Kennedy, the president of Lucasfilm, she saw the suit and was like, we can't get rid of it. We have to keep it. And she was wanting to lift up women, break gender stereotypes within the franchise. And she, uh, I think she helped cast Christy in the role. Um, so she was like, you know, let her wear that armor as Phasma. So I, I kind of like Phasma, the, the armor as but I kind of wish it went to a, a good guy. Like it's almost like a good guy suit. And it, like a knight in shining armor? Yeah. Uh, like a, a good per- girl, but like a good person. Like a like heroine? Someone who's, like a heroine. Someone who's there to save someone, not just like a villain. Because she I, looks too awesome to be bad. Well, I think that's part of it is that the, the, the First Order, like it's very much in line with the First Order aesthetic of being very cold and very unfeeling. And... The source of her armor is actually Palpatine's old Naboo yacht. 
the chrome what? from that. Yes. So in the book. GTFO. Okay. In the book. This was this is why I don't know this is in the book. Yeah, yeah. So like the, the it, book written by um, the book written by Delilah S. Dawson. Okay, and we're gonna talk. You're gonna talk about. Yeah. It, okay. I'll, so I'll get to that that little juicy okay. tidbit story in a minute. But yeah, it, it comes from a a crashed yacht. That's why it's so shiny. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I tried to find if there was any tea on Kathleen Kennedy in the suit, but really it's just she didn't want them to throw it out, which makes sense business-wise. You spent all this time designing um, and yeah. uh, the effort, and then, you know, you can't throw it away. But it makes sense. It'd be hard if you think of all the reflections. Uh, and, and Kylo Ren's in so many scenes. Fast was not. She's only in it for six minutes out of two movies. So I imagine that's not a whole lot. You know, that's easier to deal with. Yeah. And it, it and took... One- Gwendolyn and Christie, like 45 minutes to get into the armor. Oh, she I don't also. I know what it would feel like to wear that. Yeah. Uh, I wonder, like, what the material actually was that it was actually made out of. Yeah. They've probably improved it since, you know, 3PO had to pave the way yeah. for everyone, you know, like, and now that those suits are probably easier for them to figure out. And I, so I looked up because I, you know, I love Disneyland and Galaxy's Edge. So I looked up, is Phasma there? Because she's not really in the movies much. She's not there. She's actually been photo photographed in Galaxy's Edge. What? Which I thought was wild because I'm like, oh, she walks around that in that suit. That must be uncomfortable. But I don't know if it's Galaxy's Edge, Florida, but it has been confirmed for Disneyland. Ooh, that's cool. I still have not been to Galaxy's Edge. And you're going in a couple I'm, weeks, right? I'm Yeah, 90% okay. because you never know things could change. True, especially with um, the little ones. So hold on to one. your panties, my <clears throat> friend, because the Black Spire Outpost, at, which that's, I understand. That's what Galaxy's Edge is called. Like it's the city, Black Spire Outpost. Yes. Excellent. Because that there's a tie-in novel to that that was written by Delilah S. Dawson. Get so thank you for that here. wonderful transition into Delilah. You're welcome. Um, and actually the character in Phasma, who essentially is narrating the whole story, is also featured in the Black Spire Outpost. So mm-hmm. another Phasma tie in there. That's awesome. Um, so our girl Delilah S. Dawson was born October 21st, 1977. Happy birthday, Delilah. In Roswell, Georgia. Delilah attended the University of Georgia, Athens, where in 1999 she earned a bachelor's degree in studio arts. In 2020, in a 2021 article with Voyage Atlanta, Delilah says, as it turns out, that was a pretty useless degree, and I had a difficult time finding a job that could leverage my art administration skills. In 2006, Delilah became a stay-at-home mom with the birth of her first child with her husband, Craig. And in 2008, the Dawson clan added another to their brood. Only this new addition stopped sleeping, and so did Mama D. Delilah's husband suggested that she take up writing. Uh, in a pocket interview on the Pop Narrative podcast, Delilah describes this became necessary to, quote, help me get some me time, close quote, and that I, quote, never I saw that. writing as my calling, close quote. However, Delilah finished her first book in 2009 at the age of 31 years old. Uh, in 2010, Delilah wrote her second book that helped her get an agent. And in 2012, she sold her first book, the first to a series, Wicked As They Come. In the Star Wars universe, Delilah also wrote Perfect Weapon and Scorched. On October 10th, uh, Delilah tweeted an announcement at New York Comic Con that a short story of hers will be featured in the upcoming Frozen anthology. 
In the Star Wars universe, uh, Delilah has made wonderful contributions, including, like we just talked about, the Galaxy Star Wars Edge tie-in novel, Galaxy's Edge, Black Spire, featuring, I think it's Vi or V. Marathi. Um, and V. Marathi is the narrator of the novel Phasma. Um, and she also wrote the most recently released Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade, which is a very interesting novel that I've just started on audiobook. Mm-hmm. She has also authored several short stories, including From a Certain Point of View, A New Hope. Um, she wrote The Secrets of Long Snoot, read by Mark Thompson on the audiobook. It's a really great imagining of the story of the Imperial spy, mm-hmm. uh, whose name I meant to put in here but didn't. But you can, you know, you hear Long Snoot, you know immediately who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in The Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view, she wrote this dope story called She Will Keep Them Warm, which is about Han Solo's Tauntaun. <laughs> Turns out the Tauntauns are this matriarchal society, and it clues you in to how Han was able to actually find Luke. And it was because. Luke was writing um, Han's Tauntaun's daughter, and she tracked her by scent. That's really clever. Yeah. I, she has written a lot of books, and let me tell you, Sarah, I will never read any of it because I don't read a lot of fiction. <laughs> That's not a nonfiction. is my jam. I just started a new book that I think you're actually going to really like. It's called Determined by Robert Sapolsky. Sapolsky. What's that about? It's that we don't have free will. Well, yeah, no, we don't. Yeah. We, we think that we do, but we, we don't. We think that we do, but we don't. We have manufactured options to, yeah. to choose from, and that's right. it. It's a pretty incredible story. Yeah. It's a, it's a nonfiction, but yeah, anyway, you'll love it. Delilah S. Dawson. Delilah S. Dawson. So check her out. It's her Check birthday. those out. And she's written several like comics, Forces of Destiny comics as well, which all features women of Star Wars. So getting to your point, Amanda earlier about how in the movies there's not a whole lot going on with Phasma. Mm-hmm. Andrew Liptak over at The Verge wrote this amazing quote back in 2019 that I think fits very, very well. To your point, um, and it's quote, Dawson's book is a good example of how the film and its accompanying time material can work together. Although unfortunately, the final edit of the film undercuts some of that work, cutting out some scenes that Dawson set up in her novel close quote the last jedi there was a deleted scene where finn outed phasma in front of her troopers Mm -hmm. and phasma murders all of her troopers so that there will be no witnesses left Mm -hmm. to ever like out her as having betrayed the first order because there was a lot of things that they could have done in the films to really kind of help give phasma a little bit more depth that they didn't um, and one of them is cutting that scene in The Last Jedi. Phasma only has four minutes and 21 seconds of screen time across the Star Wars films and only has six minutes and 18 seconds of screen time in the show not Star Wars Resistance. Yeah, that's not much. Nothing. She was all. not impressionable. Like, I don't even I think I saw the suit. I was like, that's pretty. But like, I she's not memorable. Like, I feel bad saying that. Like, it's just meh. Well, That's my comment. No, I mean, I think if even if even if there were even if it were like a male playing the same part, if it was written the exact same way and played the exact same way, would you feel the same? Yeah, 
Okay, so it has nothing to do with who's playing. No. It just has to do with the character and the, the performance wasn't in the interesting suit. to like, you. It was not interesting. It was like, yeah. okay. And I was really interested in her as a villain um, because she is the first Star Wars female villain that you mm-hmm. see on the screen. Mm-hmm. And in the book, uh, she does become far more terrifying because you actually never know like what is going on in her head. The way the story is written is Via Morada is being interrogated by a new character called the Cardinal. She's telling the Cardinal a story that she learned from one of Phasma's former clan members, the only surviving clan member, who Phasma abandoned onto their home planet of Parnassus. Yes, that sounds exactly like Parnassus. It just has one vowel difference. Okay, y'all, so in San Francisco, there's a street called Parnassus. That's where, no, I went to UCSF, yes. my PhD, and my campus was the Parnassus campus. Yes. Are you Phasma? No. <laughs> Uh, no, and I, I worked there. I, I, don't think I'm, I hope not. I hope I'm not villainous. I think that's the first thing of knowing when you're not the villain is if you question and ask yourself that. And Are we the baddies? It, you're probably not. You're probably not the baddies. I don't know. Um. Anyways, so uh, the Parnassos and how what happens is Brendel Hux, who is the general of the First Order, Artemis Hux, who's that crazy looking ginger that we meet, his dad was in Palpatine's Naboo yacht and crashed on Parnassos. Uh, Phasma's family and clan sees it. She abandons most of her clan because her brother, who's her co-leader, like is like, we don't need to go over there. And she's like, um, fuck that. I'm not going to die here. Our people are dying. We haven't had any new children in almost a generation. Anyways, so she sets out and returns through a many, many series of events, returns Brendel to his ship. And at the very end of it, um, flies off and leaves this character, Siv, who behind, who then tells the whole story to V. And V tells the whole story to the cardinal, or yeah, to the cardinal, who is trying to bring down Phasma. There was a lot of context. And like, I think that's it. With Phasma, you have read the books, and that puts it into context. For me, it's just a movie, so I could try to make up a story but I don't care as much about her. Like she's not as interesting yeah. to me as whatever else I'm seeing. I'm just happy that it's Brianna Tarth in Star Wars. If I'm being <laughs> Well, and I don't have the context for Brianna Tarth. So I think we both have our own, um, we both have our context in our own ways. And one thing that makes me like sad is that Star Wars oftentimes does this thing where they create these really, these characters that have, really rich stories but they don't give them enough screen time to really flush it out yeah and delilah was very intentional about writing a book that didn't make anybody feel excluded but Mm -hmm. also balanced you know people who were fans Mm -hmm. being able like having easter eggs in there and you know yeah and i think that she was really successful in that and and what she said really um resonated with me um tell me some of your favorite princess leia moments and Can carrie fisher first no i just okay okay now let me think give me a second okay, okay. i love her in empire strikes back That's yes when i started to become a leia fan because what was she it? wasn't she was not a damsel in distress in this she in the beginning you see her in her power yeah she's 
she has power, but she's not asking for it. She's just in charge. Yeah. And I like her her vibe in Empire Strikes Back. And then the, the time I saw her again where I almost lost it was when, you know, she comes into the newer movie, The Force Awakens. Because she's not in, you know, The Phantom Menace. Yeah. Phones, Revenge of the Sith, but she's in the later trilogy. And when she comes back in that movie, I I think I clapped you know, when I was in the theater. So just so happy and warm and yeah. Yeah. Did I tell you I went to her grave? No. I did. I what? went when I went to LA in March of twenty twenty one. You were when I went to Disneyland. Yeah. I pictures with it. I went to her grave. Her she's buried with her mother. Debbie Reynolds, and they have this. I'll send you a picture. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, we'll post it. Yeah, I went to kind of honor her. Yeah. And someone had left a Coke there. There was a Coke there. Just <laughs> drank Coca Cola. In the yeah. can, from the can. Love. Yeah. So, um, what is your favorite Carrie Fisher moment? Hey, my favorite Princess Leia moment, I did really love her in The Empire Strikes Back. That was the first mm-hmm. time that I had, like, a crush on her. Mm-hmm. And, like, the scene in the Millennium Falcon where she and Han Solo kiss, like, really confused me. Because um, I wanted to, like, be both of them at the same time. Anyways, recently there's a book called Bloodline by Claudia Gray. And it's a really, really good novel. It's about her time in the Senate. So it would be like during the Ahsoka time period right now. Um, And she's an adult. And she's outed as being Darth Vader's daughter. But she handles it. He didn't like raise her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone knew that Senator Bail Organa was her father. But there's this debate of like, oh, well, we can't trust her because she's got Vader's blood in her veins. And... You know, no one knows that Anakin Skywalker was Darth Vader before. And so it's this really, really good book. Um, but there's this moment in it where you find out that on the black market, there's a hollow deck or a hollow net of her killing Jabba the Hutt that is very, very highly like coveted among collectors. Mm-hmm. And they've named her the Hut Slayer. Yeah. Which I'm like, she's no longer Slave Leia. She's forever the Hut Slayer. Slayer. I kind of hated that outfit, the Slave Leia. uh, Well, I have mixed feelings about it. I know it's not very feminist. It does. And I liked that she was, you know, even in something that was meant to like degrade and dehumanize her, she still took up arms and slayed Jabba. She looked awesome doing it. Yeah. And she She just didn't care. So she didn't care. She was she had an eating disorder from it. And it like Yeah. You know, like so I just I can't help but look at it and just be like, oh pretty much any of her movies, like she does talk about and you know, she did give interviews where she talked about how even for a new hope they sent her to a fat farm. Oh, that's a, so the thing about Carrie Fisher is that it's not her Leia that I love her. It's because she's Carrie Fisher. Yes. It's because of the work she's done for mental health parody. It's for her openness like when i think of carrie fisher i wonder what she would have thought of all the conversations around last year around nebo babies Mm -hmm. she would have probably i I, I bet she owned it she had to have 
I think that she did. I mean, she was very transparent in her one-person show, yeah, Wishful Drinking. My, yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah. And, like, I also think of Carrie Fisher as her own person, separate from Princess Leia, because right. I loved her in so many things. And when I loved Harry seeing her. Oh, yeah. And when she did that episode of 30 Rock, did you ever see uh-huh, that episode? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's so good. She's so good. She's so good. And the Blues Brothers. The Blues Brothers. And she did all this other. She was a script doctor for I don't even know how many movies. Such a prolific writer. Just incredible. She was uncredited um, for The Wedding Singer with Adam Sandler. I know that. I know that. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. She's incredible. And. What a force. And just. That's like, ah, where were you when you found out she died? Gosh, where was I? Let me think about that. Where were you? I was in my car. I was leaving an airport. I was driving from, I think, Raleigh, North Carolina. At the time I was stationed, I was in the military. And I was in my car and she passed. And she passed like two days after her mom or her mom passed two days after her. Yeah, her mom. I just remember when she passed. I just remember being all this devastating. I don't remember where I was. I cannot remember where I was. I think I might have just seen it on social media and was... I remember being very shocked. And then when her mom passed, like a couple of days later, just thinking, oh my God, how, mm-hmm. how sad for Billy Lord that she lost her mom and her grandma in the same week, right between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. And yeah. I think it was the second really impactful celebrity loss for me. Yeah. The first one was Robin Williams. Oh. That one, that was my first where I was like, Ouch. I met him. Yeah? Tell me that story. I was deployed. I was a rescue swimmer. Um, I was deployed on the USS Enterprise, and we were in the Middle East, and he flew out and did this comedy show to us on the the carrier. Oh, my God. And it was the dirtiest, raunchiest, nastiest. (laughs) I, because, you know, I grew up in Louisiana, very, like, yeah. I had Dick seen some stuff thought, but wow, it was really next level. Wow. It was amazing. And at the end of it, you know, we got to, they let us go and shake his hand. And so I went up there and had a, you know, I wore a flight suit. That was my uniform on the ship when I mm-hmm. wasn't uh, actually in the air in a wetsuit or whatever. And I took off my patch that had the squadron label. That. Oh, cool. I took it off and I handed it to him. And he said, you are so sweet. Thank you. And he put it in his pocket and then he signed my flight suit. And then after me, people were giving them patches off their uniforms. I was like, you started a trend. I started it. Yeah. But I gave it to him and I don't know if he kept it or had it, but what a cool memory. So I always, I was always a fan, but because of that, I stayed a fan forever. Well, yeah. Um, And yeah, when he passed, it really affected me. And I, you know, I work in Marin, so whenever I drive from SF to Marin, I see, I go through the Robin Williams Tunnel. Yeah. So I think about him at least three days a week. Story. That's a great Robin Williams story. I have to find a picture and send it to you. Please do. I would I love that. I look forward to yes. uh, talking about her again. Yes, we, we talk will. About the Star Wars Holiday Special. That we have yes. Oh my. Okay. So. Coming up, uh, our next episode will drop in early November. It'll be about Harrison Dula and the book A New Dawn, as well as the actresses who brought her to life. 
on the screen. Um, and then after that, we are going to be doing a Life Day holiday special. And Amanda, please talk We're about it. We're going to talk about the Star Wars holiday special. Perhaps the best <laughs> possible worst thing that has ever been aired on television and that you can't really easily find. There's some, uh, we should show, we should put a link up in a couple weeks, give people some time where they should go and watch it if they want to see the worst, the best worst thing ever. Like, yeah. I cannot believe this was ever made. <laughs> and we're going to talk about that soup sandwich that is a Star Wars holiday special. Okay. Yeah. Because I've, I've seen the holiday special, but the context for me seeing it was I was in a bar in New Orleans and they were playing it. So there was no sound. I just saw like be Arthur in it, and oh, like they're all wait. singing, wearing these red robes. It was just there was some weird stuff happening. Bizarre, their hair all straightened out. Yeah, but Carrie I've Fisher sings. I've never seen it like with sound, and I don't know oh, if I should watch. Okay, it's, the, it's actually pretty terrible. I don't think we should show people because it's pretty bad. There's if you want to spend your time wisely, go watch the Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good, but the Star Wars holiday special is awful. <laughs> And we're not talking but, about but, we're not talking about the Lego it, holiday special because that one's actually so, pretty cute. Yeah, no, this is was aired in 1978, right after the movie. Yeah, I think it it's was. It's so bad. It's so bad, but it's so, it's worth our time to talk about. <laughs> There's been a lot of great stuff printed about it, and uh, we're going to discuss that here. I'm really um, excited because Amanda's going to be leading that episode. I can't wait. I'm so stoked. Okay, now it's time for our 60-second non-Star Wars obsession. Okay. Amanda, I'd like for you to go first because I just talked. Oh, okay. Are yes. you ready? Yes. Okay. My current obsession that I have just – so the fall of the House of Usher is really, really good. I binged that uh, and, you know, because it's – October. So if you don't know what you're going to do for Halloween. So I'm, I'm a fan of Mike Flanagan. He has created some really good Midnight Mass. He did um, the house on the, the Hill House. And Hill, yeah. yeah and really, really good. good. He uses the same pool of actors and he brings in new people. Um, and all the actors are really good. And the writing's really good. And this past season, the fall of the House of Usher, he had two actors that were in the show Reacher. And the reason I even care about that is because I was at the premiere of Reacher when it premiered at the Grove in LA. They had Alan Rickson as the star. He's part of the Heart and Armor nonprofit. And they had us there. I was like nine months pregnant at a red carpet premiere oh for Reacher. Gosh. And it was at the, they did it at the top of this parking structure at the Grove Mall. And I saw um, Malcolm Goodwin and Willa Fitzgerald. They're two really and they were in the fall house of usher and they were so good they wow were so so good so anyway watch it if you haven't if you want to watch something spooky um if you want to watch some it's a little messed up so like you know it's not just horror like it's not something frightening it's really like it pushes it pushes boundaries um it, i liked it a lot more than i thought i would uh, yeah, and I love Edgar Allan Poe, but I'm not, you know, I'm not goth by any means. I don't quote the Raven. Nevermore. And I just, I really dug it. I really liked it. it was nice. Like everything about it was wonderful. So watch it. 
even my husband, who's like, he didn't really get into Bly Manor. He wouldn't watch any of that with me, but he did watch Midnight Mass and then he watched this and he liked it. Very cool. He's yeah, I'll fan. have to check it out because Mark Hamill is in it, right? Mark Hamill is in it. Why did I say that? Yes, he plays this really, really, really. Uh, he plays a, a lawyer, an attorney, and he's incredibly good, Ooh. incredibly evil. Oh, I know. That sounds exciting. I haven't. I, I should have led with that. God, it's okay. Anyway, okay. <laughs> sorry, that was like a two. Uh, 200 seconds it's fine. of an obsession. But Sarah, what are you obsessed with? Um, I So I can only watch like one new show at a time. Otherwise, I'm just re-watching stuff. So like Ahsoka took up all my bandwidth for the new show. Mm-hmm. And so I recently just caught, caught up on season two of Our Flag Means Death on HBO Max, which is the Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi, yeah. Yeah, Reese Darby, mm-hmm. like very mm-hmm. gay pirate romance mm-hmm. comedy. It is so fantastic. And season two is not disappointing me at all. It is okay. so great. Okay. So much queer love. And um, then they also introduce, and I, I wrote her name down because I want to make sure I get it correct. Jingyi Shao, who is the queen of pirates. If you do not know who she is, I will link a little cool bio about her in the show notes. She essentially was the most successful pirate ever. She lived and retired, like, instead of dying at sea. She commanded multiple different ships and armies. Uh Like, she's incredible. And she shows up in season two. Spoiler. I probably should have left with a spoiler. But she's incredible and uh, i'm really and i'm loving everything that's happening in season two it's it's such a well-written show that really deals with like vulnerability and challenges masculinity and ideas of relationships and family and trauma and it's just it's on max it's on max okay and new episodes every thursday and i think they drop two episodes every thursday which is nice episodes every and this is the second season so i have to catch up with the first okay yeah so it's it's a very charming show. Okay. And I will watch because you have yet to like recommend anything to me that sucks. So good. Nice. Okay. All right. For the tea on Tatooine this week, uh, we've got merch available. Merch. Link in the show notes to get some hoodies, stickers, shirts, whatever with our logo on it. Um, We've got quite a few birthdays this week for the women of Star Wars. October 23rd is Emile Clark's birthday. She was Kira in the film Solo, A Star Wars Story with Donald Glover, who, mm, 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 he's so hot. Uh, October 24th, Amy Allen, who was Ayla Secura in the prequel films. Happy birthday. October 25th is Nika Futterman, who voiced Asajj Ventress in the Clone Wars series and was the voice of Presence. And October 26th uh, is my child's birthday. Happy birthday, Orion. I'm wishing you a great day, my love. And we got some more birthdays. Amanda. There's a lot of birthdays. October 26th. I know. I mean, a lot of of New Year's Valentine's Day babies. Yeah, for real. So Mm -hmm. October 26th, Jennifer Roberson, author and June Bingham, illustrator of River of Chaos comic miniseries. October 27th, we have John... Help me with this name. Jandere Sema. Jandere Sema, comic book artist who worked on the Star Wars Republic and Star Wars Legacy and creator of the character Isla Secura. Did I say that right? Yep. October 28th, 
our girl Gwendolyn Christie, actress Captain Phasma. <laughs> November 1st, uh, Natalia Tanya, actress in The Mandalorian. She was the blue Twilight mercenary who we are led to believe boned. <laughs> no, same boned. I did not write that. That was handed to me. I, <laughs> I just said it. Mando. She boned Mando and at least had a massive lady boner for him. Okay. Uh, and November 2nd, Naomi Act. Aki, actress Diana, episode 9, Rise of Skywalker. And the last bit of Tea of Tatooine is number 4th. There is a Heart and Armor event in Santa Rosa, California. Uh, my boy Andre Rogers, he's an Army vet, and he does these service projects with the Heart and Armor. It's a nonprofit that I'm associated with. It's a nonprofit on veterans' mental health. And so this is an operation in hunger. And some context around why I'm going to talk about food every chance I get is that people are hungry, people are starving. When you look at um, post 9-11 veterans, one out of four is dealing with food insecurity. And just to bring talk about suicide awareness, food security is suicide prevention. So feed people. So the Veterans Food Drive Operation in Hunger is Saturday, November 4th in Santa Rosa, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Santa Rosa City Hall. We'll put some info in the show notes. Um, but that is happening November 4th. Yes. So if you are able to volunteer and you live in the San Francisco Bay Area, please sign up. Um, Amanda and I will be there supporting. Us. So thank you yeah. very much, Amanda. Yeah. Awesome. You're great. You're great. You're great. I You're love great. You. Oh, we're great together. A little love fest. A couple comic book announcements. Dr. Afra number 37 by Alyssa Wong will be released on October 25th with some very cool art variant covers. Um, one by Annie Wu and one by Nabist Zistro, mm -hmm. which is featuring Darth Maul to honor the 15th anniversary of the Clone Wars television series. Wow, 15 years. I know. I was like, no wonder I didn't get into it when it was first airing yeah, 15 years ago. It was a long time. I was a different person. Completely. I yeah. was... I was too old for their demographic. What Anyways. year? When was 15 years ago? Oh, gosh. Okay, 20, 2013, and then take away five from that. 2008? Yeah. Oh, my God. I was 28. Oh. Yeah. 28. No, Oof. thank you. All right. That's it. I don't think we have anything else to say. I think that's pretty much it. Uh, All right. Well, Sarah, it's always amazing to talk you and may oh. the force be with you may the force be with you be sure to rate today's episode and subscribe so you never miss any future bonus episodes give us a follow on instagram at women of star wars podcast for daily content about the women of star wars thanks again for listening and until next time may the force be with you